1: It's time for Counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I'm Jonathan.
2: And I'm Lisa. It's good. And we're here.
1: We are here. Live in studio. Live in studio. Right. I'm a little sweaty. I am too. It's a, it's so a little... you, don't,
2: you don't notice. I'm glowing.
1: You're glowing. glowing. You're glowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glowing on the outside, but we're also glowing on the inside.
2: Yeah. Because we got, so, we got
1: a great guest today.
2: I know. And we get to do this. We
1: get to do this.
2: And it's amazing. And we get to talk to the most amazing people and hear what God is doing in their lives. And as we kind of push the envelope a little bit, doing counterculture conversations. Mm-hmm.
1: You're so edgy. So edgy, <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so Just speaking, trying
2: to keep up with you, it's all I'm uh, yeah, telling.
1: that's true. That's true. I'm I, can I can we talk about tattoos? No, no maybe another time. Let's talk sure. about tattoos. No, sure, all right. It's, I don't want to take any, any so much banter. I could we could lose our, our amazing guest,
2: and we almost have, we almost
1: have almost <laughs> <I was> scared <laughs> off a few. Um, but Craig. This is so glad
0: you're here. This is great. We are excited. We, we, the royal we. Are you royal we? <laughs> That's yes, yes. My that. wife is everywhere I go. <laughs>
1: Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so we it do. is
0: great to be here with you guys. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it is warm in the studio. It is. Yeah, but I think there's some. I feel
1: that they turn the air on. Maybe they're yeah. my people are on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can get <laughs> nice. a little toasty. But Craig, I high expectations. He's Absolutely. been Jonathan been raving about you and all, all that you're doing, and you're at Intel. As the product, product
1: manager, manager Craig Carter, product manager at Intel Corporation, and I don't yes. think that's the title of usually someone who shows up on a lot of radio shows. No, probably not. And that, but that's that's what's awesome about it because there's actually some really cool God stories behind. Absolutely, yes. Yeah.
0: It's been an amazing so, adventure doing this. I can't wait to talk about it. So first off, what is a product manager? So what is a product manager? Well, first of all, what in the heck is Intel Corporation? We make little <laughs> chips. <laughs> make little chips that are inside the laptops that hopefully everyone is buying right now. Yes. yes. Your desktops. And these little chips are really complex to make. Mm-hmm. And so as a product manager, I've been there for 25 years and probably 12 different jobs. The latest is a product manager. Uh-huh. So our job, any large company has them. Basically, we decide on what's the price we're going to sell these different products at, how are we going to market it? And things like that. So the products that I'm responsible for are about, about 2 to $2.5 billion a year. I'm sorry, over, over their lifetime. Yeah. Which would be up to 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, and the, so, you're, that makes that, so you promote them? You're, or you just, you just help? I market them, market, promote them, uh, talk with a lot of our technical people. And our products are quite technical, right? Yeah. I, it's yeah. a, we're a technology company. And so working with our customers um, to sell them and to answer their questions. So not only is Intel big in Arizona, right? Aren't Huge. they? It used to be the largest employer. It Still might be. Might it's way yeah. up there, with some oh, largest. Yeah. But globally, correct. We've got about hundred and forty thousand employees. Hundred forty thousand in fifty yeah. that's countries. A startup. Wow. Chips are sold in every nation except for probably North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they better not be sold there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. That's right.
2: <laughs> so can you? Okay. So this is what you do for a living.
0: That is what I get my paycheck for.
2: Right. Yes. But you do so many other things where you're truly pushing the limits. Uh, you're on the edge.
0: My passion. <laughs> take us to yes. the edge. Yes, take on us the to the edge. Yes, I will take you to the edge. So I've been <laughs> at Intel for like about 25 years. Yeah. Um, but my calling, my passion is about you know how do I f- reflect God's love where he's planted me, which for mm. me is a large Fortune 50 company. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm there – I've been leading Christian groups in the Arizona area for a long time, for probably 20-some years. And then it was three years ago when my career fell off a cliff. I did not get the dream job um, at Intel, and my career just started to slide. But God had different plans. Mm. And as we're going to talk over the next period of time, these different plans that God has been orchestrating is way better than the biggest promotion or the biggest thing that could ever happen at work. It is fascinating.
2: Okay, wow. we're on the edge okay, of Now we're seat. on the edge. Right. Yeah, keep As going. you
0: should be on keep the edge going. of the seats. So about three years ago, um, when I was in a job transition to a different role, where I was ready to leave the corporation, my wife, my wonderful wife, said, God is not done with you yet. So all you men out there? Listen to your wives. They have <laughs> a tight connection with God. And you're like,
2: I'm not? And,
0: <laughs> and she was on my case to so listen to God. And then God did some miracles. I did get a job so I remained at the corporation. And then I took on um, basically the leadership role for our Christian group. And God has been going crazy the last three years. It's been amazing. Um, for We started our Christian group 27 years ago as a formal employed resource group. Okay. Probably hmm. the first – company in the world to actually have a religious employee resource group. At the same time, we kicked off the women's one, black one, LGBTQ one. Um, We had a Christian group established 27 years ago. And I was involved now for 25 years with that group. But as the Christian group, we grew from just being in the US, in Costa Rica and Mexico, to now it's all over Vietnam um, and China and all over Europe, including Israel, India. And it's just amazing what God's been doing.
2: Wow. So obviously, you guys collect uh, connect online.
0: We connect online, especially the last couple of years. Right. Prior to that, it was all pretty much face-to-face in Oregon or Arizona or in Israel. Or, okay. And then COVID changed the world. But in the process, it's made it a lot easier. Everyone's used to doing sure. video. Um, the world is small. The only... And we don't really care what country people are in. It's mm. the time zones we care about, right? Yeah. From India that's to a Arizona challenge. is, yeah, 12 and a half hours. That's a bit tough. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Somebody has to really want to do it somewhere.
0: Someone has to really want to do it. And so as I was taking on this leadership role at the Christian group, and God was going crazy there in the fall of 2019, again, right before COVID, mm-hmm. um, it was on a Wednesday. I was doing email at my desk. And then God said, you need to get connected with the other faith leaders at Intel, Baha'i and, and Muslim and Hindu. and." Like any good person who's busy with their job, I said, uh, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to compromise my faith. I'm kind of busy. And God was on my case Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it was Saturday afternoon at home. And he said in a quite stern voice, actually, Craig, I have given you a clear and direct order, your choice. And at that <laughs> point, all those verses in the Bible about the fear of the Lord, yeah. I got it. Right. Yeah, And yeah. on, on right. Monday, I set up a meeting with our, our atheist leader. And he loved talking to me. And then it was uh, with Pakistani Muslims and Iranian Muslims and then all these other leaders. And suddenly we had 15 leaders from seven different groups um, doing life together. And it's been amazing. What does that look like? Like tell me just – what does that look like? So these seven different groups, again, it just – we've been – Fortunate to receive United Nations awards. We're ranked as number one or number two in the world with religious diversity at work. Mm. It it blows the mind our HR people. They're like, you guys are the most diverse and inclusive group we've got here in the corporation because, well, we are. It's crazy. Mm. So that include atheists and agnostics, Baha'i, Christian, Hindu, Jewish, Muslim, and Sikh Okay. Groups. And so we meet periodically. We do panels together. We go to conferences together. We talk to our senior managers together. And as we're doing that, people even of other faiths, like the Druze faith, mm-hmm. which is in northern Israel, right. Lebanon, Syria, 3,000-year-old religion, very small. Mm. Um, we have an employee over there. The only reason he's with the company is because we have freedom of religion at Intel. And we're like, uh, we're never going to have a Druze employee resource group. Right. It's too small. And he's like, don't care. You guys have all these other ones. I feel accepted, so accepted wow. that he refused two better-paying jobs last year oh just my to goodness. stay working here. Wow. So it helps us as a corporation with retention, which is a big deal that saves us money.
1: Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No. Uh, for, so from a king,
1: one at a time yeah. here. One I know, right? You
0: have us.
2: We're on the edge right here. So
1: I would get from a corporate perspective, this makes a ton of sense. I- inclusivity, bringing people together, the, your, your value in the marketplace. But then you bring it to now, like the kingdom, like yes. from our from a Christian perspective. As we having
0: these amazing where do, where does that fire? What does that do for you? Oh, it's amazing. So later, I'd love to talk about you know why would companies want to do this? Yeah, you are crazy as a corporation that's for profit to not have these groups. Okay, period. But only twenty percent of large companies allow them. Okay, um, but we can talk about that later. Okay. So as a Christian, as someone who's called by God to reflect Him at work or wherever we're planted. The vast majority of people spend most of their time at work. Statistically, that's 55%. If you exclude sleeping, brushing your teeth, and in the car, which you're kind of doing by yourself, Mm -hmm. not communicating too much with others, Mm -hmm. 55% of my life, each of your lives, is at work. And that is where God has called us to reflect him. Only 2% is at church. If you go every week, if you do small groups. And so by basically reflecting God's love at work, myself and the other Christian leaders, it has opened up amazing doors. And I have story after story of what God's been doing there. Mm. Okay, so share a story. Share one story.
2: Yes. Well, <laughs>
0: I was, um, and again, there's a there's a way to do this right. There's a way to do this wrong. Mm-hmm. And let me, I'll, I'll talk, tell the story. That maybe I'll go through the theory of of why it works. And there's this better way. So basically, I, I'm connected with our atheist, agnostic, and allies leader. So basically, in a lot of companies, they'll call themselves a given group, and then there's like allies. That means people that may not identify with that given group, but. They're friends of that group. And so I was t- speaking to one of our leaders for the um, the Atheist, Agnostic, and Allies group. And I pinged her and saying, hey, are you back um, from your trip to Russia? She's uh, from Russia. And basically she's like, no, I'm in Russia and uh, my mom is uh, very sick. And so it was about noon my time. I'm saying, uh, what time is it there? And she's like, midnight. Can we talk on the phone? And so we talk on the phone. She tells me what's going on with her mom and just the, the cancer. Cancer is a horrible thing, right? And so – can I pray for you? She asked for prayer. I was like, "Well, can I pray for you right now?" And she's like, "Uh, sure." And so I was able to pray for her on the phone. Wow! And so that was about a year and a half ago. Her mother did pass away, and our relationship is so tight. Mm. I, mean, I support, fully support her, and she supports me, and it's just beautiful. Wow! And, and my role was basically just to love, mm-hmm. to be available.
2: I love that. Okay, so when you mention all these groups, we yes. like you would look at it and go, "Okay, there is so much that divides you." There's ah, so much yes. that you don't like have our in HR common, department. Yes. Yes. right? There's so much that is different about how can you, you.
0: Ever get along?
2: Right, and so part of peacemaking is trying to find the commonality. Absolutely. So share that how you guys have, even though there's so many differences. I mean, geographically, faith, the backgrounds. Why does this work?
0: You're absolutely right. So we focus on what we have in common, and a lot of that's building relationships. Mm-hmm. As you're building relationships, what do you talk about? Oh, your kid's in high school. I don't understand. That's common around the world, right? Mm -hmm. Right? In marriage, wives don't understand their husbands. Husbands don't understand their wives. Is that common in every religious faith? Yes, Yes. it is. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so many things to talk about. As you build these relationships, the walls come down. Mm -hmm. Every single group, it was interesting, it was our Jewish leader who could not get fellow Jews to sign up to officially be part of his group. And he was like, what is going on here? We have lots of Jews here in the U.S., even in Arizona. And he realized that they were scared. They did not want to be a list. We all know what happened to the Jewish people over time, right? right. World War II and things. They're, they're scared to death to be on it. So as we were having this conversation, all of us as leaders and like our Baha'i leaders, like, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? And then our atheist leader shared about how they feel looked down on. Oh, you're an atheist. You have no moral values. So you must be like Hitler. Not true. Not true. Right. right? But suddenly everyone started to open up and share and share. But the foundation is relationships, mm-hmm. and like you had said, to um, get to know the person mm-hmm. behind the label. Right. No one wants to be labeled.
2: Oh.
1: so that gets that's such a barrier breaker because yes. we often come we 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 hear a term like Muslim or atheist or Sikh or Sikh yes. and we instantly have created a category for that oh, person. For sure. And we might think about what are the differences of of belief system, why they might view this or this or or maybe some historical grievance or so, something that's happened, or even current current events, but you're saying push you you've just kind push of set it. that all aside push it to the side like and this focus is on the relationship a forty seven year old person engineer at Intel who is has
0: a family. And, and he was struggling in his and struggling marriage. struggling in the marriage. What can we do? What can we do? And literally, that was one of the things. We talk about it. Can I pray for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I pray, right, with the person. Yeah. And so what do they see in my prayers? Calling out for God for help yeah. and blessing and love. And I've never had a single person say, you know, I want a little less love around here. Yeah. Everyone wants a little more love. Right. And so that's what we're called to do. So yeah. God's been opening up amazing doors.
2: I love that you position that, like, God has called us to love. Absolutely. Because sometimes you go, but is that enough? Because some people may be listening going, but are you trying to convert them? Mm. I mean, that's well, the thing. It's like, so what is your role? And so, you know, what we've learned is, like, who wants to be converted?
0: Um, no one no does. One how does. It be,
2: it be, and how does that work for you? Like, and so you, there is that voice that's saying, but are you trying to convert them to be a Christian? So how do you answer that to people?
0: Well, the thing that hit me was is when God – literally pushed me into starting this cross-faith group. Let's be honest. It was not my idea. I did not raise my hand. But some beyond subtle persuasion of the fear of the Lord got that thing rolling. It was the verse in the Bible, Galatians 5, 6. Again, miraculously, a month or so before, God's like, memorize it, the whole chapter. The fruits of the Spirit's in that chapter, mm-hmm. too, and a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. But it was Galatians 5, 6. It says, and this is Paul speaking, the only thing that matters is your faith expressing itself through love, Mm -hmm. period. And then there's a big period at the end. And that really hit me. It's like God was reaffirming, Craig, your job is to love. My job is everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I focus on. You don't
1: worry about converting people and that. Yeah.
0: My job's to love. Yeah. And as we focus on that, it truly is irresistible. Mm.
1: It really is. It is. And and it's irresistible. And you've set things – things have been set in motion this last few years that have been pretty – I mean your faithfulness for 20 years, but now we're talking –
0: is this related to what you've, you, you've said to me earlier, the three R's? Oh, yes, absolutely. So the three R's basically is in talking to like our human resources department mm-hmm. and, uh, and our leadership, for-profit companies' purpose in life is for-profit, right? Mm-hmm. And to create products that the world wants and to make the world a better place, just like what Intel is doing. So I always like to say there's three R's and three reasons that every company should do this. Um, one, the first one is it helps you recruit Okay. I mean, you want the, the biggest pawn to recruit from the best people. There are some people that will not work at your company if you do not have a faith group, period. Okay. I've seen emails on that. You want the biggest pool of potential recruits for your company. So it helps you in recruiting. It helps you in retention. I told the story about the the Druze gentleman yeah. over in Israel. We have a the Baha'i leader I was just talking to. She's like – I've considered leaving. The only thing that keeps me here is the faith group. Um, We have a Christian leader down in Costa Rica. His life was saved, literally, by a Christian friend at work. He was going to commit suicide. Um, But it was a Christian coworker that saved him. And the only reason he is, he didn't tell. Is it and down the list, so it helps you with your retention, and then again, I'm a I like to say I'm a recovering finance controller. Okay, I, I put in all of Intel's uh, budgeting and financial systems. I love finance, I love data and all that charts. All mm-hmm. the charts are fun, and so the last <laughs> one is returns. It helps you with returns, um, and this was an excellent. Um, Magazine article out of the Harvard Business Review, a wonderful Christian magazine. Yeah. I, I'm joking about that. Right. right? But yeah. it's a wonderful business magazine. And in that, they said if you have authentic and vulnerable leadership, um, your teams perform better, 50% better. well um, Your engagement is over 100% better. I mean, companies will chop off their right arm to get this, and your employees love life almost 30% better. They just love life. They won't kick the dog, they're kinder to their spouse. I mean, it's amazing. So companies want to do this for profit. We as followers of Christ want mm. to do this because this is what we are called to do.
1: And your vision, I mean, you're, this is a starting point. You've got yes. some co- really amazing things where this is going. This is bigger than just Intel.
0: Absolutely is. Over the last – I've been involved uh, for 25 years with the Christian groups and things like that. Mm. But it, it's been amazing. The last three years, it has taken off. And a uh, long story summarized, it was – it was, it was right after George Floyd, the summer of 2020, when we all saw our, our nation just collapsing with rioting in the streets. Politics in the summer of 2020 were hot. Little did we know how hot they right. would get in the fall. Right. And I was on a bike ride in Arizona in August, 110 <laughs> degrees, not the smartest time. And, and God was really speaking to me. And I was crying out to him again, you know, what do you want me to do? And God's like, you need to wait and pray. But it, the challenge is, is that my children are not reflecting me where I've put them. And so I prayed for like a year, very frustrated because I hate waiting on anything. And then really God came through with this whole concept of this courageous third. Now, the concept of this is is how can we as Christians in a very secular world be courageous? And again, courage is action in spite of fear. There is fear. It's very real. Mm -hmm. And yes, you you should be a little bit concerned, but you need to take action. It's like every good war movie in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's courage. And then third, um, it's not one third of a pie chart, 33%. It's God is first, others are second, I'm third. That is what God has called us to do. Every single person in the world, um, wherever God has planted them, they need to be full of courage and they need to realize their place is third. And as we do that, that is extremely attractive to the world around us. Mm. And then over this last year, God's connected us to – well, my us, myself. I keep talking in plural about myself. (laughs) A whole team of people here with me. I'm here alone in the studio. Right. Yeah, and um, and with a lot of other companies. I mean think of the biggest companies in the world, General Electric, Amazon, um, Exxon Mobil. And just down the list, there's Christian leaders there. So how is God going to raise us up and organize us and how can we train people to reflect God's love at work better? Um, It's really exciting. So I'm kind of calling this courageous third. So, you're calling people to take that third position. Absolutely. Wow. And as we take that third position, that is very biblical, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus, Jesus answered the man, you know, what's the grace commandment? You know, basically, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Right. Which lands us where? Third, yeah. third. third place, right? <laughs> but also from a, a, an employability standpoint, um, I'm not a manager now, but I was a manager of some larger teams. Who are the people I promote? It's the people that want to realize the company vision, you know, company first. Yeah. They want to help their peers, peers second, mm-hmm. and hold mm-hmm. themselves in third place. Those are the people I promote. Those yeah. are the people I want to get ahead. Yeah.
2: That is a great concept and a great thing to go back to and a measurement. Yeah. Right? Which, wow. Um, Okay, there's so much.
1: <laughs> Do you have to, Go for it.
2: Um, with all, okay, with all this diversity, because yeah. there's unity and diversity, right? And this is what you guys Oh, and I found. can even
0: talk about within the Christian world. Mm-hmm. And we have um, Orthodox, um, like Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, mm-hmm. every flavor of Catholic and every flavor of Protestant that are represented as a part of our Christian group, mm-hmm. which we all know the Christian community hasn't exactly gotten along that well over the thousands of years. right? For sure. <laughs> but we focus on what we have in common which is Christ, and, and showing love. And I love this quote from Deal Moody. Someone asked him about 100 years ago, how can you bring Protestants and Catholics together to these crusades? Because this is like late 1800s, and he's like, I focus on the love of Christ. And when I've completely exhausted that, which I never will, then we're going to focus on communion and water baptism and everything else that divides the church. But in our lifetime, we will never exhaust the amazing love of Christ for everyone. Mm. So that's what we focus on, and God's been taking off.
2: Which is so good to change this perspective because we tend, as humans, to focus on what divides us, the like yes. you said, the communion, the water, all those things. And that's, that's where our conversations tend to gravitate to. Yep. And we always try to make somebody right and wrong, and usually we're the one that's right and the of other course. person is wrong. And so which doesn't allow for friendships or relationships to flourish because it, it just sets it up for failure. What you're saying is if I take the, the posture of I'm third – and we just are focusing on our commonalities. What can God how, do with How that? do you love them?
0: Yeah. How do we love? Yeah. I
2: mean, then it opens the door for God to just do what only God can do.
0: Oh, and that's a perfect lead into how in the world you do this. A lot of people will ask. I was meeting with a lady out of Chicago at a smaller company. She leads her Christian group. you goes, how do I do this? I'm scared. She's so scared she doesn't want to tell people she went to church on Sunday. But how do you do it? I, I look at, there's four, it's a four-step process. Step zero – because that's the most important mm-hmm. one is you've got to invest personal time with God. You've got to. You get, it's like exercise. You exercise five minutes a day, you're going to get five minutes of benefit. You exercise 30 minutes a day, more. You spend an hour a, a day with God, you're going to get more benefit. The more time you spend with God, the more God will be able to utilize you. Mm. It's our foundation. That's step zero. Step one is be kind, be nice. I mean, God loves every single human on this planet. He designed and sculpted and made him them, whether they know him or not. Whether they hate him or not, he loves them. I should too. So that's step one. Basically, show love, show kindness. How was your weekend? How's the family? Are you married? How are the kids? Mm -hmm. And after you show that, then basically you've got to bring up God or church. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that sermon yesterday really convicted me. Yeah, I am not talking how I should with my wife or my Mm -hmm. kids or this. As you bring up God and church then wait. Step four is wait what God's going to do. I watch door after door open. I say, that is not our responsibility to open those doors. That's his responsibility. We're called to love. So I love this.
1: I absolutely love this. So let's go to step one just for a second. Yes. So that takes some intentionality. It like, does. And like, it takes and a little th- bit of my beca- time. And I think our Ooh. default is to be around people like us. For sure. So it'd yes. be easy to find the other Christian person or the other person like me, mm-hmm. and then absolutely, and right. then I have very little or minimal interactions. Depends on your job, of course, but no, you're, but, you're, you're but right you can on. be intentionally like who you have lunch with, absolutely. Who you maybe single out to a conversation
0: and purposely single yeah. them out. And I heard this from, gosh, I can't remember who it was, but he said that I don't think God will hold us responsible um, because we failed at uplifting the Christian church in Pakistan. He will hold us responsible that we did not love the people he put literally on the seat right next to us. So if God – wherever God has placed you, look around. Those are the people that God has called you to get to know. Mm
2: -hmm. So good. And it's just a matter of starting a conversation. It's asking a question.
0: Be normal, yes, right? yeah. yes. Be normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How was your weekend? What are your hobbies? Do you like coffee or tea? What kind of coffee? Yeah, I mean, be normal. So not you. Have you been washed in the blood of the lamb? I know. <laughs> you start. You don't start
1: with that. Is that oh, what you're saying? Yeah, no. Uh, wow. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: blood washing. Yeah. Wait! Whoa! Whoa! Yeah the, <laughs> no. yeah, the response is I did take a shower this morning. Yeah, that's right. no, I don't know. Right. No. 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 Right.
1: So, as always, I digress. I always you know, have okay. to crack a joke. You have I'm to. sorry, you know. You have but to. this has just been big vision. A lot of our people, who our listeners aren't in ministry in a full time ministry, but you're showing that you have you're in a full time in your workplace.
0: Every single every, one of us every, is in full time ministry. Everyone
1: is a full-time ministry. Absolutely, It right. truly is. It really is. And I think you've really encouraged our listeners today and I really appreciate you coming on our show. Wonderful. God bless you and what you're doing. Thank you. So good.
2: You,
0: Jonathan, Lisa. I mean, so
2: inspiring because we can all do it. The nations are around us and among us.
0: They are. The nations have come to us. God bless.
1: Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplified Peace. Educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities.
0: Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for the power, performance, and reliability of a new SuperStart battery. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly!